Rishon Shi'ur on the parasha. Uh, today, the Shi'ur is dedicated Lilui Nishmat, my father, Alava Shalom, Rebu Mori Atelet Roshi, Rafael Ben Munavar Sion. And also um, dedicated Lilui Nishmat, Harav. Um, you guys heard, I'm, I'm sure. Right, Rabbi Wallerstein. It was a shocking news for everyone. This shiur should be the new nishmato as well. Um, it just so happens, uh, those of you that joined us last week, we actually, um, if you were here last week for the shiur, remember what the shiur was about last week? We talked about the, the kapara, the atonement that the passing of tzaddikim, the righteous bring, and the reason why and how that works, it's, it's so funny because, I mean, it's not funny, but it's just, it's crazy because as soon as I heard Rabbi Wallerstein passed, I was thinking of that. And you kind of like take a step back and start thinking like, okay, what can I change now? Because when something like this happens, especially Rabbi Wallerstein, who was such a huge figure, changed so many lives, not only through his lectures, but through his education, through who he was, changed so many lives all over the world. And I'm, I was talking to someone today, and I said, I, I know that these stories are going to come out little by little. There's so much we don't know about what this person accomplished in his life in such a short time. And such a person goes so early, unfortunately. That's a big, that's a big slap nationally for all of us. And it's a time for us to really, really take a moment and really think about how we can do Teshuvah, what things we can change in our lives. Because that's what it's supposed to do. What a tzaddik is taken, as we learned last week through the Zerah Shimshon, one of the things that a person is supposed to do, when we said, just like Yom Kippur is mechaper, just like Yom Kippur atones for our sins, so too the death of tzaddikim bring atonement. But the Zerah Shimshon brought out a very important point. It needs to be intertwined. It needs to be together with Teshuvah. When a person sees and, and hears that a tzaddik passed away, it should make you think. Like, wow. You know, if this person, such a righteous person, such a good doer, and such an amazing person that had such an effect on the world, all of a sudden passes away so early, it's crazy. It really has to make us think. May his neshama have an aliyah betoch among all other shochene afar. So the parasha today, <coughs> parashat kedoshim, we're doing ma'amar aleph, the first ma'amar of the Zerah Shimshon on parashat kedoshim. The parsha says, "Daber al bnei Israel v'amarta lehem, you shall speak to bnei Israel and tell them." Gedoshim to you, you shall be holy. Ki kadosh ani Hashem elokechem, because I am holy, your God. Period. Oh boy, if I had to tell you how many commentaries there are just on this pasuk as to what holy means, it's a very vague commandment. There is even discussions as to whether this pasuk is a commandment or not, because Hashem is saying, "Be holy." So if I ask you right now, Sean. What's holy? How do you become holy? Do you decide to go on a, I don't know, 
Ta'anit Tibur, a silent strike for like seven months and go and live on the mountains of... Name a country that sounds weird because that's what people would like to do. Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan, thank you. Does that make you holy because you decided to take a vow that you're not going to speak for an entire year? By the way, people that do that, Afterwards, they have a very difficult time speaking because um, uh, they lose vocabulary. That happens to the brain. When they don't use it for a while, it's like a muscle. It stops working for a while. It, it takes a while for them to start being able to speak. But be that as it may, that does not make you holy. Hashem has given us a tongue in the speech. Hashem has given us speech to speak. To choose to speak positively. To choose not to say Lashon Hara. That makes you holy. Not speaking doesn't make you holy. It just makes you lazy. You don't want to work on yourself not to say negative things, so you throw in a towel and you go, you know what? I'm just not going to speak at all. Whoop-dee-doo. Right? Shem's going to say, I gave you the gift of speech, and what do you do? You don't use it whatsoever. So this pasuk is spoken about a lot. Here, however, the Midrash, Yalkut Shim'oni says, Yalkut says that from this Pasuk that says, Kedoshim to you, Kedoshim to you, you shall be holy. Ki Kadosh Ani Hashem Elokechem, because I am holy, your God, can also be translated in a different way. Because the word ki, ki can mean because or when. A lot of times in a Pasuk, the word ki also means when. Right? So if you, tra- if you translate the word when in this pasuk, how do you read it? Kedoshim tihu, you shall be holy, comma, when you are holy, and kadosh ani Hashem elokechem. Meaning, when you are holy, you sanctify me as well. I become holy through you. That's what the Yalkutrim Oni says. The Yalkutrim Oni says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is saying, when you sanctify yourselves, you are sanctifying God. You give Kedushah to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You are making HaKadosh Baruch Hu holy as well. However, that's not, where the, that's not where the Midrash ends. The Midrash continues and says like this. The Midrash says, However, HaKadosh Baruch Hu also says to Bnei Israel, Don't think that if you're not holy, and you do not choose holiness, if you don't choose Kedushah, don't think that because of that, I'm not going to be Kadosh. Why? Because I'm intrinsically Kadosh. I will remain Kadosh. You're not going to take my Kadusha away. So naturally, <laughs> you see where the question lies here? Yeah? Do you? Do you become holy through the Kadusha of Am Israel, or don't you? Which one is it? If the Midrash is saying, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is saying, when you are holy, you're making me holy. Then that means, if we are not holy, we're not making him holy. But the Midrash is saying the exact opposite. The Midrash says, Kedushim Be holy, because when you're holy, you're making me holy. However, Ki Kadosh Ani Hashem Elokechem. I'm anyway Kadosh, so if you don't be holy, and you don't make me holy, I'm still holy. Can I give you a brain freeze? Like, which is it? 
Are you holy because of me? Are you not holy? Or is it a... Everyone got the question? Pretty simple? Yeah? Time, <laughs> everybody. I could have actually poured that in here. No, whatever. In order to answer this question, we have to delve a little bit into the Zohar. Who said Rabbi Sakai doesn't teach Kabbalah? I also teach Kabbalah. I'm with it. Okay? Let's learn a little bit about the red string. Okay? Because according to some people, that's all Kabbalah has to offer. Red strings. Equals holiness. I'll leave it at that. The Zohar HaKadosh says in Parashat, the Zohar HaKadosh says in Parashat, Tetzaveh, Tafkuf Pehei Aleph. The Zohar says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu created man in a way that he is tuned in with the entire universe. Every single person, by man, I mean mankind, humankind, everybody relax. Okay? Everyone. <laughs> when God created humanity, persons, God created them tuned into the universe. What does that mean? That means any action a person chooses to do, anything you choose to do, has an effect synced into the universe. Whatever you choose to do, you are affecting Elyonim, you are affecting the heavens and the earth. You might feel insignificant. I might see you as... <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> you might feel insignificant, but you are not. Every action, every choice you make makes a huge difference in the entire universe. That's why there is punishment for mistakes. Because when a person makes a mistake, does an avera, why would there be punishment? Why? Because that avera that you felt, felt really good, actually, actually without you knowing it, destroyed worlds. It, 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 it's like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> this is serious, but it's, it's, it's funny to me. Someone was, someone was uh, telling me uh, one time that, um, um, you know, there is, uh, I don't know if this is true or not, I'm saying, they were saying that there's too many cows in the world, and there's too many cows in the world because people eat too much beef. And I said, so what's the problem with that? And they said, because cows, when they're gassy, what they emit from their bodies is, is destroying the ozone layer. Who would have thought a poor cow could be so destructive? Not in that same vein now. We're saying that when a person, without them knowing, when they do an avera, they actually are, without them knowing it, destroying things, destroying worlds. So that's how HaKadosh Baruch Hu created a man. You make a mistake, you're going to be responsible for what you've done. Not just that mistake, but in turn, it's more than that. It's much bigger than you think. There are things that fell out of place because of that avera. We don't see it that way. Right? So many people from, from a Torah's perspective, when they read the Torah, they go, oh, well, um, um, for instance. Like, 
breaking Shabbat. Right? Breaking Shabbat. For somebody, he says, okay, Hashem wants, Hashem has said that you shall rest on the day of Shabbat. Which is a mistake, by the way. Okay? Hashem never said you shall rest on Shabbat. He doesn't want you to go to sleep all day. That's not what Shabbat is all about. It's this discussion for another time. Right? So a person says, you know, why is it that punishment for breaking Shabbat is so severe? You light a fire? According to the Torah, a person that lights a fire and there are two witnesses that attest to the fact that he lit a fire and they warned him. Those are the details. Right? And they warned him not to light a fire because it's breaking Shabbat and he still does it. He is chayav sekila, stoning. Meaning, the punishment for breaking Shabbat is death by stoning. That's not the punishment for breaking Yom Kippur, by the way, eating on Yom Kippur. Just to show you how severe breaking Shabbat is. So someone could think, like, seriously? Just because you're traditionally not Shabbat observant, the law in the Torah is stoning? Really? Come on. Well, we don't realize what happens when a Jew breaks Shabbat. He's not or she's not just breaking Shabbat. There are worlds, universes, so to speak, that are connected to the Kedushah of Shabbat. When a Jew breaks Shabbat, he's not just driving a car. There are things, there are mechanisms in play that are getting destroyed as he's doing, and he's disconnecting himself from the upper world. Therefore, the most severe punishments come upon that person. It's equivalent literally to like murder and the such. It's bad. So some people tend to say, you know, they don't believe in that stuff. Whoop-de-doo. You know, I always say, you know, it's like the ostrich. When someone says, well, I don't believe in that stuff. I go, okay, fine. It's like the ostrich. When the ostrich puts its head into the sand, it won't get hurt by the stampede. <laughs> it will. It's a really stupid thing. You know, because the fact that you're going to put your head in the sand doesn't mean things don't happen around you. You're just not seeing it. I remember when I was a kid, you know, whenever I would, I would play hide and seek with my friends or my cousins. And then like I would hide in a really good spot, but then they would find me. As they were coming for me, I remember I would close my eyes. Like they're going to see me anyway. But I don't know why I had this like inclination, like close your eyes, oh my God, oh my God. You know, like only a child does that, right? But that's, 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 that's how childish it is. So that's, what, that's how HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world and put the people into the world, Am Yisrael was chosen to have the highest responsibility in the world. Any decision a person makes could make or break something in the upper and the lower worlds. Now, which means... It is up to us to decide what we do. That's where free choice comes in, free will. It is up to me to decide, am I going to keep Shabbat or break Shabbat? Am I going to speak Lashon Hara or not speak Lashon Hara? Am I going to eat kosher or am I not going to eat kosher? These are all decisions that are made by me, but it's not only affecting me, it affects everything around me. The way HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the man is three particles, like three spiritual particles. What are those particles? Nefesh, Ruach, 
un shama. You have the nefesh pahamit, which is like an animalistic soul, so to speak, for lack of a better term. You have the nefesh. You have the ruach. Ruach is uh, the mind, the intellect, thought, and neshama. Neshama is the spiritual part. That's the highest part of our soul, is the neshama. Right? A nefesh is what animals have. Even animals have a nefesh. It's just the battery. That's what a nefesh is. It's what keeps something alive. Nefesh. An animal has a nefesh. It's a living being, but it doesn't have free choice. It doesn't have free will. It doesn't have a thought. Nothing. Ruach gives you a step higher than an animal. It helps you think, make decisions. Right? That's your mind. That's the ruach. The neshama is what makes you higher than every being. That's where spirituality comes in. That's the neshama. And those are the three particles. Now the neshama is only ruchniyut. The neshama is completely, fully, fully spiritual. Why? Because the neshama is literally, literally a spark of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The neshama is pure from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's a part of Him. That's what, that's what Hashem gave humankind, human beings, that, that, that part of Himself to make us living beings like Himself. That's from Hashem. Now, if this, this is what the Zohar, I'm continuing from the Zohar. This is not me. The Zohar says, if the Neshama chooses spirituality, if the Neshama keeps on choosing Ruchniyut and spiritual life and mitzvot and Torah and learning and making the right choices, it stays within the boundaries of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and it, and it rhymes beneath God's glory. And it's with Hashem. Pure as it was in day one. But the Zohar says, if the Neshama chooses the other side, if the neshama chooses to go after luxuries and uh, uh, after its ta'avot and, and, and lust and averot, and it chooses, so to speak, the avodah zara of the day, the idols, the, the, the foreign gods of the day, whatever it might be, then it'll completely be separated from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It'll become, so to speak, tameh. It'll become impure. We're talking about the neshama. It'll become tameh. Now, you have to ask a question on the Zohar. Who knows what the question on the Zohar is? Nobody. Because no one's listening. I'm not even listening. Question on the Zohar is like this. How could it be that the neshama that we just said is a part of Hashem... Hashem is pure perfection, purity, in, 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 and oneness. How could the neshama become tameh? How could that happen? How could we say that a neshama can become impure, a neshama can become filthy? How could, that even, how could that even be? How could the Zohar say such a thing? That if the neshama chooses to go the other way, then it also becomes tameh, it becomes filthy, then, what do you mean? The neshama is complete purity. It's a part of Hashem. How could it even choose? How could it even be a part of the filth of the world? 
How can that even be? It's not possible. You feel me? All right. So if you want to, ex- if you want to explain this according to the Zohar, it actually becomes very clear. See, the nefesh of a person is, is connected and one with what we call the olam asiyah. The olam asiyah is, is the world, the, the physical world. That's the nefesh. As we said, even animals have nefesh. That's the lowest particle of our soul, the nefesh. The nefesh is from the olam asiyah. It's from the world of physicality. That's what makes us, you know, that, that's where all, all of our physical urges come from. That's, that's what makes us, you know, all the ta'avot, all the lust that we have comes from the nefesh bahamit. It comes from that animalistic soul, right? That the fact that we love to enjoy great food, that's from the nefesh bahamit. When we overeat, that's from the nefesh bahamit. You know that you're full, but you're like, hey, feh. Like, dude. Burger's bomb. I can't eat anymore, but I could eat. Like when you're sitting at the Pesach Seder and you've already had like till here matzah, then your mom or your grandma brings that traditional Passover Seder food and you're about to explode, but then you think to yourself like, I'm cool, I'm, I'm hungry still. I could do this. And you, talking about myself, by the way. Like when my mom or my wife like cook that traditional Passover food. I'm already like almost up to here, but then something mentally happens, and then I get I, I bring it down to here. Right? So that's what we do. The nefesh bahamit is what tells you keep eating, keep eating. You're enjoying the taste. You love it, even though you're full. That's the nefesh bahamid. A lot of the averot that we do because of our ta'avot, because of our desires, comes from the nefesh. Then, right after that, level up from that is the ruach. The ruach is where the intellect is. That's where your thought process is. That's where you start thinking about stuff. You process things. You think about them. You ponder things. You wonder whether something's right or wrong. You take a moment, you stay, take a step back. I don't know. Should I continue? I'm, I'm in the Weight Watchers program. Should I still? Let me look on the app on my phone. How many points was this burger? Or 17,000? Oh, I'm about 1,000 over on my points with just the burger. Maybe I shouldn't go any further. Right? That's, that's the sech, That's the mind. That's where the intellect comes in. Then we have the neshama, as we said. The neshama is from the olam elyon. It's from the higher world. It's a part of Hashem. These three particles are in one. It's the soul. They're all together. Now according to the Zohar, when a person makes, constantly makes the wrong decisions, through his nefesh bahamit and his intellect, when he's constantly giving in to his worldly desires, using the nefesh, which is from the olam asiyah, from the, from the physical world, constantly making decisions according to the 
olam asiyah, the physical world, constantly giving into the nefesh part of himself rather than the neshama part, little by little the nefesh takes over. And the nefesh starts becoming tameh and it becomes filthy. Then what happens, the nefesh, that filth, that tum'ah starts rubbing off on the ruach. What happens? The more we go in depth into the physical world, the more our intellect and our thought process change also. The way we see the world also changes. We start bringing excuses, very valid excuses for the wrongs that we do. You know, I mean, is it really not kosher? I don't know. The Torah says eat cow. So as far as I know, it's cow. Or like, the Torah actually says, don't cook. Now, this is how we become like intellectuals. We all of a sudden become geniuses and we become hachamim in how to interpret the Torah. The Torah says, do not cook the kid in its mother's milk. As far as I know, the chances of cooking the baby calf in its mother's milk is very low. And <laughs> even if it was, I didn't do it. The factory probably did it. So me having this cheeseburger right now, according to the Torah, there's nothing wrong with it. You know how that thought process starts? It didn't just start. That's the ruach. You know where it started? From the nefesh. You know what the nefesh was? You're glutton. You want to have a cheeseburger. You've had a taste of the cheeseburger and you don't want to stop. You've had it so much that it's gotten to your ruach, into your intellect, to start processing the thought process of excuses of how not wrong this is. Therefore, you start having a cheeseburger. Right? So far, so good? Yes? Um, am I, like, we chilling? We still chilling? Okay. Then... What happens is, unfortunately, that tum'ah that rubbed off on the ruach, on the intellect, starts to rub off on the neshama as well. The neshama starts becoming tameh as well. The neshama starts getting tainted too. So that it doesn't answer the same call as it used to before. So now you have a neshama that becomes tainted. Even though we said, it's a part of Hashem. But what really happens is, that's why the Pasuk says, Be holy, because I, Hashem, is holy. But we translate it into, be holy, because when you are holy, you are making me holy. When you make the right decisions to do mitzvot, to do the right things, in turn, you're, take, you're taking your nefesh, your nefesh bahamit, your olam asiyah, your physical world, you're going to turn that into purity. And in turn, that's going to turn your ruach into purity, your thought process, and in turn, your neshama is pure. So the neshama is from who? From me, from Hashem. Hashem is saying your neshama is from me. So when you're doing the mitzvot correctly, in turn, you're making me kadosh as well. That's me, your neshama is me. However, when you don't make those decisions, step by step, when your nefesh becomes tameh, it goes to the ruach and your ruach becomes tameh and then it's going to rub off on the neshama. However, that's where the second part of the Midrash comes and says, even if you make your nefesh tameh, you make your ruach tameh with your decisions and your thought process, your neshama, me, I'm still going to be kadosh. 
You know why? Because all of the tum'ah that's going to rub off on the neshama is only the outside. It's just the covering. The kedusha is still from within. Because me, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, intrinsically, I'm Kadosh. You can't touch me. You can't make me impure. But what you're going to do to yourself is gonna, you're going to make the impurity cover up your neshama. Now let's bring that down to earthly terms. What does that mean? What does it mean that the neshama becomes tainted? Quite simple, really. If you read the introduction for the Mishnah Berura on Halachot Shabbat, the laws of the Sabbath in the Mishnah Berura, the Chafetz Chaim, the Chafetz Chaim writes beautifully. He says, if you are someone that is trying to learn to become more observant of the Torah, or if you're trying to teach someone that is trying to become more observant of the Torah and mitzvot, the Chafetz Chaim says, don't start with Shabbat. Start with Kashrut. Start with Kosher. Why? Because the Chafetz Chaim is bringing out what the Zohar is saying. When a person gives in to their lust and their desires of eating all kinds of food. By the way, the reason I'm bringing the example of food is because the biggest and greatest desire and downfall of humankind is food. It's not anything else. It's not sexuality. Number one is food. Why? Because you can't live without food. Therefore, a person gets into food because of sustenance, but doesn't stop because of desire. So when you're done with that one plate of gourmet sabzi and you know you're well done, and you take that second plate, that's us giving in into our desire. That's no longer sustenance. That's just because I enjoy eating now. I love that tadig. And yes, tadig is one of those superfoods. It truly is. For those that do not know what tadig is, you might refer to it as the burnt crunchy rice. But that doesn't even start. That doesn't even begin. <laughs> to describe this delicious delicacy that really started by a poor wife that burnt her rice and was too afraid to tell her husband that that's what happened. So when her husband came home and said, what happened to the rice? She said, no, 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 no. This is a delicacy. It's called tahadij. Try it, it's crunchy. And that's, what, that's where Tadig was born. <laughs> Do you guys think that it actually started as Tadig? No! It was a genius, brilliant Jewish Persian woman. At that moment, she thought to herself, am I going to tell my husband I burnt the rice? <laughs> Not happening today or ever. Right? And now we go to restaurants and we ask for Tadig and they actually like, they make potfuls of them. So food, it, it, that's why I'm bringing the example of food. 
When we keep on eating because of desires, what happens, that desire rubs off on the ruach, the mentality, and then from there it goes to the spirituality. And it taints, and it taints the neshama as well. So the Chafetz Chaim says, what happens to the neshama when a neshama, when a neshama is tainted through non-kosher food because of desires, whether it's cheeseburgers or pork or whatever it is, the neshama is covered by so much tum'ah, they can't even start to begin to understand what it means to keep Shabbat. You're not going to be able to keep Shabbat. So don't start with Shabbat. Start with Kashrut. First do the detox of your nefesh, ruach, and shama. Start eating kosher food. After a few months of eating kosher food, when your body has detoxed all of the non-kosher, tum'ah, that is covered up on your neshama, when your neshama becomes crystal clear, then when you learn about Shabbat, then you'll start understanding Shabbat. I've seen this so many times. I've had discussions so many times with family members. that I, I can't get my wife... I cannot get my wife to want to keep Shabbat. I can't get my husband to want to keep Shabbat. I cannot get my wife to keep Tarat HaMishpacha. I cannot get my husband to keep... All these things. My first question is, do you keep kosher? Does he or she eat kosher? And always, 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 almost every single time, they tell me, in the house, yes, but outside, no. I don't know. I, I don't know what that means. I don't know how that works. I really don't know. I really don't know. I really don't know what they're thinking. Like, okay, at home, don't only glad, you know, only glad kosher bet yourself in the house. Outside, be a goy is okay. Where did that come from? Where did that, I don't I don't know where that came from. I, I I really don't understand the mentality. If you order out, bring in. Ah, there's a machroket. Some say yes, some say no, depending if you're, you know, from which part of the world you are. You know. Seriously? It's the same thing. It destroys the neshama. That's what it does. What it does is it's metamtemet alev. It covers up the heart from, from spirituality. When spirituality cannot sink in, we can't understand it. We, there, there's been there was a, there, there's been there's been countless stories. There's there was there was a guy years ago that his son, he was excelling in every subject, mathematics. He was a genius, no joke. Science, mathematics, he couldn't learn Torah. He would sit down with the Gemara. The, the, the Rebbe's like, I can't I can't understand it. The guys the guys in honors in algebra. He sits down to learn Gemara. He's a fool. Like it, it doesn't go. So his father was so worried, so he starts talking to different chachamim. Finally, someone tells him, your son somehow has eaten non-kosher. Make a story short, they find out that he actually had. And then when they started the process, the cleansing process, like a flip of a switch. Spirituality, neshama has a Certain diet, it needs spirituality. That's the diet that works. Anyone ever has issues of like, I don't get it, like, I don't know, Torah and Mitzvot doesn't really, I don't get it, like, why? Or like, I don't know, 
My first thing is, first, stop eating non-kosher. Then after a month of being cleansed, then we'll see if you still have the same questions. This is a guarantee. It's a guarantee. So here, the Zohar, the Zohar brings us a brilliant point. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is saying, Kedushim tiyu, ki kadosh ani Hashem elokechem. Be holy because with your holiness you're making me holy. When you choose spirituality, in turn you're making the neshama that is really me also kadosh. However, if you don't choose spirituality, yes, you're going to be, you're going to be metamtem, you're going you're to cover that neshama, which is me with tum'ah also. It's going to become tameh. However, intrinsically the neshama will always remain kadosh. Always gonna just, it's just going to be covered up with the Tum'ah. There's, you can always repair it. Because from within, it's Kadosh. Now we don't have the question that we started with anymore. We ask, what's the Midrash saying? The Midrash says, Be holy because you're making me holy when you're holy. But then the opposite should be, When you're not holy, then you're making me not holy. But how could that be? But the Midrash says, but even if you're not holy, I'm still holy. Which is it? The answer is, Hashem is saying, yes, your neshama is still going to be holy. But because the unholiness, the filth, the tum'ah, from your physical wrongs that you've done, rubs off on it. It becomes tameh in a sense, but it's not fully tameh. Because it, after all, it's me. It's kadosh. It remains kadosh. This reminds me, Of the story of Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi and Antoninos. I forget Antoninos' name in, in, in Roman. I think it's one of those Sorcius Miraculous. I forget. I literally, it, just, it, it, it escapes me. But it's one of those radius, radius things. <laughs> but for us, it's Antoninos. Because that's how he is mentioned in all the holy books. Antoninos was a Roman. In fact, he was a Roman emperor. Emperor. <laughs> emperor. <laughs> and he was a very, very good friend of Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi. There's many stories between the two. Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi was the person who put down the Mishnayot on paper, which we have till today. All of the Torah we have saved in oral tradition is from Yibri Udanasi. He's the one who collected them and collected the Mishnayot and put them together for us. Ribi Udanasi was the Nasi. He was the head of the Jewish nation. Antoninos was the emperor, the Roman emperor. However, he had a thing for Jewish people and he had a thing for Torah. He learned day and night with Ribi Udanasi. In fact, he had a secret tunnel. See, he had a secret tunnel from his palace. That went from his palace to the home of Rabbi Odanasi, where they would sit and learn day and night. Imagine that, a Roman emperor. There's many stories about them and how they met, right? However, some of the things, some of the discussions that Antoninos and Rabbi Odanasi had um, are written down in our Talmud. 
because they're so brilliant. Antoninus was brilliant. He was a brilliant mind. Obviously, that's why he had found Judaism. So, so one time, Antonino says to Rabbi Odanasi, he says, I found it. I got it. I found the secret. He says, do share, please. He says, I know how a person could um, escape punishment in heaven. I could make it so that a person could never be punished by God. So he says, Please tell me. He says when a person passes away, right, the neshama goes to heaven. The body is below, right? Right. He says, so the neshama says to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, right when Hashem wants to punish it and say, oh, why didn't you eat kasher? Why, did you keep, why didn't you keep Shabbat? You broke Shabbat. You hurt this person. You spoke Lashon Hara. The neshama is going to say, who are you talking to? Me? Me, I'm a part of you. What do you mean? It's me. It's me. You forgot what? You don't remember me? I'm a part of you. I'm the neshama. You're, I'm literally. <laughs> right? It's me. It's been a long time. Can I go in now? <laughs> you know, you need to check my ID. Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> so Nishama says, it's, it's me after such a long time. It, I'm a part of you. How could I do wrong? I can't do wrong. It's the body that you gave me. That Olam Asiya, that physical thing that you gave me, it was it that was constantly making me do the things that I did. I was literally, I was a prisoner in my own body, quote unquote. Uh, uh, that was a good one. I was. <laughs> <laughs> I was a prisoner. It wasn't me making those choices. So then Hashem, this is, this is Antonino's talking. Hashem goes to the body. Hashem says, how dare you? Why did you, why did you break Shabbat? Why did you disrespect your parents? Why did you speak Lashon Hara? The body's going to say, come on. You're better than this. What do you mean? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, piece, of, I'm a piece of clay. I can't move. <laughs> it's the Nishama that made all the movements. You know, can I, I can't move without the neshama moving. That's my life source. I couldn't do any of the things I did without the neshama. Don't look at me. I'm a pure piece of clay. So Antonino says it goes back and forth between the two. Hashem can't punish any of them. He can't punish it. <laughs> Perfect. Perfecto. I figured it out. Genius. No, Antonino was a genius. Truly, he really was. But Rabbi Odanasi was a bigger genius. So he says, let me give you a mashal. Let me give you a parable. He says, he says one time there was a master that had a huge, beautiful orchard, a beautiful vineyard, gorgeous trees. I mean, like, it's one of those like bustans that almost sounded French, but it's really Persian. Eh? It was beautiful. And he wanted to go away for a while. Is that the same Bukharian, Bustan? <laughs> okay, fine. Like, a, like, a, like an orchard of trees and like that. What do you call that in Bukharian? I, I really got to, I mean. You got you to gotta, you gotta work on your Bukharian. I drink to that. But, and this master wanted to go for a trip for a while. But he was afraid that whoever he hires <clears throat> to watch his orchard 
is, is, gonna, is gonna be so enticed by the trees and the beautiful fruit, they're gonna just, they're gonna nibble at the fruits and they're gonna take it and that. And he didn't want that to happen. He didn't want it. Because it, it, it wasn't, I don't know, either he was cheap or it wasn't harvest time. Whatever it was. He didn't want him touching it. So he didn't know who to set up as a guard, a watchman. So what does he do? He finds two people and he says, ah, perfection. One of them was lame, he couldn't walk. He was just stationary in one spot. And the other one was blind. One couldn't see the fruits and the other one couldn't walk over or climb the trees. Perfect. They're perfect watchmen. That's what he's going to He hires them to watch the orchard. And he leaves. Once he leaves the orchard, the one that, was, that couldn't walk is sitting there going, Hey, Jerry. Jerry. I don't know why I picked Jerry. If you would see these grapes, they're so luscious. They're literally dripping with juice. They're amazing. So he says, what are, you, what, are you trying to do? what are you trying to do me? What are you trying to do me? He says, no, we got we to gotta have some, bro. He says, how are we going to do it? He says, I don't know, but we got to have some. I can't, I, can't, I can't move. You have the, uh, you have the uh, legs. We got to come up with something. She says, you got an idea? He says, yeah. <clears throat> he says, follow my voice. Come over here. I'll go on your shoulders. I can see. You can't. I'll direct you where to go. I'll go pick the grapes. I'll feed you and I'll feed myself. He goes, oh, wow, brilliant. Let's do it. So he follows his voice, climbs on his shoulders, and they start mm, like hitting those trees and they're eating and eating and eating and eating and eating. Finally, the time comes, the master comes and he sees half of his trees after like a few months. They're like, all like, all these grapes are gone, all the fruits, he's, he's losing his mind. And this guy's sitting in that corner and that guy's sitting in that corner. He goes, what happened? So the guy that's, the guy that can't see, he goes, what, what, what who is it? Who, who are you? What, what are you? What is this? Is that you? I don't know. I, what, what are you talking about? I can't see. What's going on? And the other guy says, I don't know what happened. I can't, I'm, I've been sitting here the entire time. I can't do anything. Right? He keeps going back and forth to one of the other one, and one blames the other. He says, I can't see. He did it. So what does he do? He takes the lame one, puts him on the shoulder of the blind one, and he beats both of them together. That's what Rabbi Odanasi says. He says he takes him, puts him on the shoulders of the, of the, of the blind man, and he beats both of them together. So Rabbi Odanesi says, don't think you can fool God with the neshama passing it to the body, the body passing it to the neshama. You know what Hashem is going to do? He's going to put the neshama back into the body, so to speak, punish them both together. Once they become one, they no longer can blame each other. Which is, the, which is really partially what the point is that we were making tonight. With the actions of the body, when we make those decisions with the neshama bahamid, with the nefesh bahamid, we're actually affecting the neshama and making it impure also by the actions. So yes, it is affected in the body, but it's not the body. But it's really the body, but it's not. It's both. That's what happens. And that's what the Zohar meant. That when HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world and created humankind, He gave us such power. 
We have such power that every decision we make, bad or good, we're actually affecting worlds without knowing it. But we are. With our decisions, we are changing things in the universe. And with that, when we change things around in the universe, we're actually intrinsically changing ourselves also. So chas v'shalom, a person never wants to go after 120 years to Shamaim. And Hashem says to them, I give you a pure, clean neshama. What are you returning to me? You're returning a dirty, filthy neshama that's covered with dirt. Intrinsically, it's beautiful, but now it has to go into the cleaners. Now I have to clean it. I expected you to give it back to me clean. But it's still kadosh. But you made it dirty. May Hashem give us the koach. May Hashem give us the power to be able to always make sure that our neshama is pure, it's tahor, through the decisions that we make, may Hashem give us the koach to be able to make the right decisions, to do the Torah and mitzvot correctly, so that Be'ezrat Hashem after 120 years, will be happily, will stand before HaKadosh Baruch Hu and say, the gift that you gave us, the neshama that you gave us, we used our nefesh, ruach, to make the neshama kadosh. Ki kadosh, ata Hashem elokeinu. Baruch Hanunai le'olam, amen ve'amen. Yeah.